Welcome to the Chiropractic United podcast for April 8th, 2014. This podcast is brought to you by CBP Seminars to see how a chiropractic biophysics technique can help improve your practice as well as your patient's overall health and spinal structure. Go to idealspine.com. And also by Dr. Fred Domenico of Elite Coaching to see how Dr. Fred can help bring your practice to all new heights. Go to elitecoachingllc.com. And finally, by PostureCo, developers of the X-ray analysis system known as PostRay, as well as the award-winning Posture Screen mobile app, available in the iTunes App Store as well as the Google Play Android Store. For more info, go to postureanalysis.com. All right, Dr. Fred, take it away. Okay, welcome, Kyrie United at uh, podcast, and we have been MIA. What is our problem? I don't know. Uh, we're we're back now, Fred. That's all that matters. You know, first of all, let's apologize because we've been missing an action for maybe three months. I think this is our longest span. We've been completely irresponsible to you guys. So first of all, my deepest apologies. And then second of all, my deepest gratitude, because number one, I haven't been bitched at too much, like you guys usually bitch at us. But another thing is we have a loyal following, and I'm just very grateful that you guys are so uh, loyal to these podcasts and are really getting great things from it. So first of all, thank you. Second of all, I'm Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching. We got Dr. Joe Farentelli of Posture Co. And it's 8 million arms of technology you got going on. And we are fired up because we have an amazing guest, Dr. Gilles Lamarche, who is the Vice President of Professional Relations at Life University. And that's just your latest title, Gilles, but you've been, man, you've been a leader in the profession for a long time. So first of all, I want to personally take my hat off to you for the, for the vision and the purpose and the inspiration that you brought to the profession. And thank you for being with us tonight. Yeah, thank you, Gilles. It's a pleasure to be with you and to get time cool. to share with your entire crew. There you go. So really what we want to do, I mean, your, your name is known throughout the profession, so probably the majority of people already know who you are and your name. But what we really want to get to is the man behind the title, the man with the vision. So if you could share with us how you got into chiropractic and what was your inspiration, and we kind of start, start from there. Sure. Happy to share my journey. I really discovered chiropractic at the age of 12. Had a teacher, as a joke, all boys, Catholic school, ninth grade, have a teacher pull a chair from underneath me, and I fell on my butt, injured my back. And nice. I, my, nobody in my family had ever been to a chiropractor, and after six months of the traditional medical route, nothing was getting better. Somebody suggested my mom that I go to a chiropractor. And so off we went to this new doctor, and the guy was great. Um, he had obviously been trained by Dr. Jim Parker. I mean, he just mm-hmm. understood you know, the script. And he talked about subluxation. It was the first time in my life I'd ever heard of that. He explained how the nervous system actually controlled every single part of your body. And after the examination, came back the second day for a report of findings. And he was speaking to me and then talked to my mom. And he said, you know, during my examination, I found a lot of areas in his spine that are problematic, not just this area in the low part of his spine, which is likely due to the recent injury. And he asked if I'd ever been dropped on my head or something like that. So I remember my mother sort of tearing up. She said, well, no, but, you know, it was a really, really difficult delivery. And I was a forceps delivery baby. So back in the day when I did have hair, because you guys both know that I don't have a lot left on my head now, but back in the days when I did have hair, I never, I had a a large 
area on the left temple that had no hair because the forceps actually ripped the side of my head. Mm. And there is no picture of me as a child until I'm sitting upright by myself, which, you know, for most babies is probably five or six months. Right. I had not been what you call a sick child. I'd say I was an unwell child. I was unwell because I always had problems with my tummy. I always had problems digesting, which, you know, we wouldn't expect to have as a child. So anyway, this doc explained what subluxation correction would lead to. And I'll be honest, I mean, I've been telling this for years now. I didn't believe a thing that he said. All I cared was get rid of my low back pain because I'd been to all sorts of doctors for all these other problems. Nobody could do anything. And I think I just got fed up because they'd all tell my parents that, well, it's in his head. There's nothing wrong with him. Right. And so even when you don't believe in chiropractic, what a concept. When your subluxations get corrected, your body gets well. Oh, my gosh. So there I was, you know, three, four, five, six months later, I was like totally healthy. My, I, it was like a whole new discovery for me. And of course, I said to the Dr. Ronald Ingard at the time, I said, you know, when I'm big, I'm going to be like you. Mm-hmm. And nice. he said, make me a promise. He said, if you ever decide to go to chiropractic school, promise me that before you graduate, you go to a Parker seminar. And I said to him, you know, well, what's a Parker seminar? He said, that's where they're going to teach you to be successful. And I said, well, don't they teach you that in school? He said, no, of course not. That's not their job. He said, the school's job is to teach you everything you need to learn to pass your board exams and get a license. Your job is to learn to become successful. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Jim Parker can help you do that. And of course, back in the day, you're, I'm talking late 1977, I mean, Parker was strong. They were teaching core principled uh, philosophy. They were talking, you know, I mean, all the, the great procedures that they taught all based on Dr. Jim's 13 Parker principles, which really were about high level of integrity, high level of ethics. And so I developed a a love for Jim. He developed a love for me. He personally mentored me from the time I was a junior in chiropractic school. And I didn't have a failure in practice. You know, we hear of a lot of docs who unfortunately fail for a year or two or three or four sometimes and finally find themselves and find the root in the chiropractic philosophy. I was fortunate that I discovered and befriended Dr. Jim, you know, as a junior in chiropractic school, and off I went. When I started practice in July 79, I mean, I went from zero patients in July to over 500 by December, and by the end of my first 12 months, I was over 750 a week, and I never looked back, and I did that every single week that I practiced for 25 years. Had a great time doing it because, honestly, I never went to work a day in my life. Mm -hmm. I was just having fun, straight chiropractor telling the story in my community, teaching the principal in my office, and everybody else promoted my practice. So never spent any money advertising, never did a spinal screening in my life, never did anything outside. It was all other than shaking hands, you know, the old joke, shake hands, kiss babies, Mm -hmm. other than meeting people, being kind to them, and handing out my business card. That's about all I ever did to get myself known in my community. And, you know... I just kept going. Well, you know, I think that's a great testimonial, you know, and what you're not saying, Jill, is that you but you believed in the principle. And, oh you know, just in, as, as a brief face-to-face interactions that we have, you can see you're just a very loving guy. You're, you, you have not only a lot of integrity, but you just have a lot of life force that comes through your eyes and your spirit, and you care about people. So it's like if you just... What a great practice tip. You know, if you just love people and you believe in the principle, then people, a boatload of people are going to follow you. 
Absolutely. You know, my, ment my mentor always said, loving service, my first technique. Loving service, my first technique is not what I do. It's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I became that. I became that. I think I was well brought, you know, my parents talked about, you know, service, my, my father particularly and, and my mom as well. But getting to know Jim and, you know, sitting knee to knee with Jim and Richard Yenny and Charles Ward and Larry Markson, you know, back in the day, you're talking about 37 years ago is when I started befriending these giants. And, you know, they were already doing well and they became even you know bigger in the profession, but they became my friends. And so I practice in northern Canada, you know, to the to the Americans, other than the people who hung around Parker, I was pretty much unknown. I just, you know, went home. I went to regular seminars uh, with Dr. Jim, and that is the only organization that I participated with through my entire career. Mm -hmm. Had fun doing it, you know, got turned on to the green books, got turned on to the bigness of the fellow within, and I realized that not from an ego standpoint, but the bigness of the fellow within, that's not just a book. That's each of us. Mm -hmm. That we would discover that bigness inside of us, that we would discover truly the principles of chiropractic, the foundational principles on which chiropractic was developed, and the power of innate intelligence, and that when we're connected with universal intelligence and we allow our innate to flow through us, and we take the time to listen to our innate, take the time to get quiet every single day, take the time to prepare yourself, have a clear purpose, know your purpose, Make sure your team owns the purpose with you. Life gets easy. Mm -hmm. this, is not, this is not complex stuff. If you choose to truly live a principle-centered life, Dr. Jim, I used, to, I used to say, you know, what you see in the universe sees you. Well, you know you want more love in your life? Start looking and start being loving. You want to see more beauty? Well, start looking for the beauty and explore it and recognize the beauty. Be kind. Smile at people. You know, say hello. You want more conversation? Start the conversation. And that's pretty much who I became. Nice. Well, you, you, get, you brought the principle alive. You know, that's why we say chiropractic is a principle. The adjustment helps the principle come alive in people. Absolutely. You know, so like you said, you were you were the principle. I mean, that's really the bottom line. Not not that you just lived the principle, you were, you be, you became the principle, which actually we always are the principle. We just let our mind get in the way. It sounds like, Jill, that you just took your mind out of the way and you, you just came from your heart and you were the principle and people followed. I mean, that's awesome. Come out of school at 500 a week in six months or five months. Every time you're educated gets in the way. If you choose to be aware of how you are thinking, then you recognize that your educator is talking to you and it's not innate. Then you can take a step back and go, okay, why is this thought coming up? And then reaccess innate and let educated go. And all of a sudden you're innately driven again. And I think probably the greatest tool was over time to develop that awareness of the thoughts that were popping into my own head mm -hmm. and learning to discern whether or, not, whether or not they were innate thoughts. And I would tell you that all innate thoughts serve. All innate thoughts serve the principle. Educated thoughts often pull you away from that. And that's really what, that was my discernment, if you like. Mm -hmm. If I was getting thoughts that weren't service-oriented, then I knew it was, they were ego-driven. That was educated talking to me. And when thoughts were very service-oriented, then I knew that was innate talking to me, and I just chose to go down that pathway 
because to me, it was the simplest pathway because there's no stress related to that. When you're in flow, you're inspired, right? Mm -hmm. So being inspired is being in spirit. Being in spirit is being what? Connected to innate. You know, listening to your innate because innate connects with universal intelligence. And when the two are connected, you're in the flow. And when you're in the flow, you know, time stands still. And you have a great time doing it. So you don't, you know, you don't count the minutes you're with the patient or a practice member. They don't count the time. Time stands still for them. You know, you walk into a room, you check them. If they need to have a subluxation corrected, you adjust them. You're in and out in 60 to 90 seconds. And they think you've been there for seven to 10 minutes. That's what I call being in spirit. That's what I call being connected. Universal to innate, innate to innate. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, this is green book stuff. You know, we were, oh, well, I've, I've been a uh, chiropractor for almost 30 years. So, you know, you wonder if students today even know what the green books are, but you are just like spitting straight from the, from the green books here. So, so I appreciate that. And, you know, we got a lot of, uh, you know, we're definitely associated with CBP and spinal correction. And I can't say enough how you listeners out there, that are doing spinal correction, you need to listen to this fine gentleman right here because he's talking from his heart. That's why I had a big practice. You need to get out of your head and know how to get out of biomechanics and just work with people and live the principle. And I think the, the biomechanists are the most, we'll say, guilty. I know this is a hard yeah. statement, but I work with a bunch of CB peers, and Elite helps you, also helps you get out of your head and move your practice the, the, the longest journey is 18 inches from your head to your heart. And when you do that, that's how you do the numbers that you're seeing. How, and then life becomes easy. Then people refer without even trying. And you begin to live the principle. Absolutely. Too many, too many of us CBP docs will try to give a scientific explanation for every single thing when we're trying to do report of findings. And I was guilty of that at first until uh, Dr. Don told me to, you know, what in the heck are you trying to explain that to the patient for? You need to talk, do it this way. You know, and he's like, that stuff is for us, not for the patient. You know, and uh, I absolutely, Fred, that is such the case. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us, Jillik. You can tell you were raised in the green books, man. So, you know what? Unfortunately, that's a little too – go ahead. I say It's interesting because uh, today Dr. Reitman and I were having a short conversation, and he spoke in North Carolina a couple weeks ago. And he mentioned the name of the hotel, and he said, that old hotel is where BJ wrote chapter 15 for the bigness of the fellow within. So when I got home tonight, I pulled my bigness out, and I went straight to chapter 15. And it was interesting because, you know, it's, it's a really, really short chapter. I mean, it's like just two and a half pages. But he ends it with something he says, as an example of the greatest of innate, I quote from a GPC bulletin number 32 from an article by George Shears. And he says, out of it all comes the glorious fact that most of our research of the present day is in the region where the interference actually is and where BJ led us many years ago. Human beings are obtaining every increasing result from the ministrations of our profession based on the inherent truth of the God-given chiropractic principle. It all indicates very clearly that in the patient-chiropractor relationship, there is a third element far more important than the other two put together, and the third element being innate intelligence, of course. Yep. So when we buy into that, so even somebody who practices CBP, I mean, you're doing fantastic work, 
And when you bring innate into the picture, your work will be that much more fruitful to the individual patient, you know, getting adjusted. They'll get the big picture. Yep. As we always used to say, and, you know, Don was like one of the most, and you, you knew Don. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was one of the most passionate people and so subluxation-based and, and being a scientist, and that was what drove us to, it drove him to develop CBP was ha having a better explanation so that way he could prove and really do it understandably on how to, to be reliable with being able to correct subluxations based on, on the premises that we hold dear to us with a normal structure of the spine, and which is obviously, you know, chiropractic in general. And um, a lot of people, too, that, that don't know CBP like, like you do, Jill, think, oh, well, you guys must be mixers, you must be doing this, and nothing could be so farther from the truth. But like what Fred said is a lot of the, the young docs that are attracted to us because we have a science that helps fulfill the philosophy is what we, we always say. Uh, you know, they, they, when they get into practice, and Dr. Fred works with these, these uh, kids coming out, that's exactly the problem that they have a lot of times is that they know all the science, they just don't know how to relate to the patient. And I think it, it's if you're just real with the patients, and, you know, people said that with me, it's like, well, how come practice is so easy? And it's just because when I was there, I was one with the patient. I wasn't thinking about what I had to do this weekend. I was thinking about what does this patient need? I wasn't thinking about the other patients backing up. You know, I was thinking about what does this one person need from me? What can I help them with? And and I think a lot of doctors lose sight of that. They lose sight, and and they they what they feel is important is not what's important to the patient. You know, and uh, you know, I think innate, you nailed it, Fred. Innate to innate connection is all about the power of intention, mm -hmm. and that's like being presently time focused. I would say, you know, the minute you lay your hands on someone. If there's any thought that comes into your mind that has nothing to do with that person, take your hands off, shake it off, like walk away from that person for like two or three seconds and then reconnect with that person. And be sure that your intention is to do something of high value for that person and only that person. Like you said, Fred, not the 10 people that are still waiting in the reception room, mm -hmm. not, you know, the beautiful... 28-year-old blonde that you just saw walk by that's going to be your next patient, but that one person who you have your hands on mm -hmm. because nobody deserves to have your hands on them if your intention is not clear and pure and 100% focused on that one person, that one vertebra into the moment where you're going to thrust and deliver that precise chiropractic adjustment. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the difference between being an adjuster and being a healer. What you're talking about, Jill, is being a healer. Absolutely. You know, we're energetic beings and we move energy. And that's one thing, you know, I teach and lead is never put your hands on people until your spirit is in the right place. Until you, you know, uh, learn how to channel universal energy literally from universal through innate, through you into their innate then don't put your hands on people. So that's what you're talking about just uh, validates that you're more than a chiropractor, you're a healer. And that's how everybody should look at it. Exactly. And I tell people, when you can't connect like that, what I recommend is read our major premise and reread our major premise and reread our major premise until you truly understand there is a universe of intelligence in all matter. Yep. 
right? Continuously giving it its properties and actions, thus maintaining it in existence. So it's in that person, but it's in you. Mm-hmm. How can you connect those two energies with the power of intention, being fully intent so that you can connect with that person energy to energy, innate to innate, not a hand on a spine that's going to crack something, but rather a human electrical connection between two individuals that are in each other's field. And so if your intention is positive for that individual, then you're going to create a positive field reaction or, or, or an integration with that person. And that's where people start to heal. Nice. Awesome. Well, okay. Well, hey, that's how you got into chiropractic. <laughs> that's how I got into chiropractic. Hey, good job following that guy's that doctor's advice, too, because he said, go to a Parker seminar, and you just decided to be with Jim Parker. How cool is that? Yeah, because uh, he invited everybody to go to his suite that night. There was like 3,000 people in the audience at the uh, New York City Hilton, and none of my friends that I was with wanted to go, and I was like, hey, Apparently, President Reagan stayed there last weekend. I want to go see this room. And I walked up there. There was maybe 30 people in the room. And like I mentioned, you know, some of the guys over there were the heavy hitters that, you know, I've been friends with forever. I mean, Richard Yenny was one of my great friends and mentors and you know, passed away a few months ago, but was an awesome, awesome guy. Same thing with Charles Ward and Larry Markson and Kirby Landis and all those boys were awesome. Yeah, we grew up with those guys. So, um... So then through that, you went into practice. Obviously, you're very successful in practice, saw a lot of volume. Then what happened next? Tell, tell us about the next step of the journey. Well, the next step was interesting, you know, because when you don't listen to a universal intelligence, there are times that you get kicked in the butt. And I started having major issues breathing, well, first in 2000, but only when I was running. So I just stopped running. <laughs> And then in 2003, I started having major issues breathing again. And I would say I was, you know, my thought was I was, I've been under regular chiropractic care since I'm 12. And, you know, I've done everything that you want to be doing to make sure you stay healthy, diet, everything. I mean, I followed a chiropractic vitalistic lifestyle. But one day, one of my assistants pulled me aside and she started to cry and she said, I'm so afraid you're going to die in front of me. And I was like, no, 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 I'll be okay. And she said, man, you sound terrible. Your breath, you know, you're breathing so labored and you're all gray. You've got no color. Mm. Anyway, she called one of my buddies. That's a physician who I'd never seen as a physician. We were just good friends. And that night he called me and said, uh, if I'd made a promise to someone and you were the only person who could help me fulfill my promise, would you do whatever it takes? I said, well, of course I would. That's what friends do for each other. He said, good. I'll see you tomorrow in my office at four o'clock. And he hung up. And that was on a Monday night, and he knew I didn't see patients on Tuesday. So I was like, okay, so Michelin must have called him. So off I went to his office, and I got diagnosed with a terminal condition called primary pulmonary hypertension. Mm -hmm. My pulmonary pressure was 57, normal being 15. My heart had expanded to two and a half times its normal size, so cardiomegaly. The only thing that my buddy offered me as to support me and to allow me to live beyond the recorded lifespan of approximately two years post-diagnosis for the average person diagnosed with that condition was a double lung and heart transplant. So here I'm sitting across his desk, and this guy's like a good friend. Like my children, even today as adults, call him Uncle Barry, and Barry's kids call me Uncle Jill. And these, I mean, I'm talking about kids that are, you know, in their mid to late 20s into their 30s. 
My 32-year-old son is a chiropractor. Jason, he still calls Barry Uncle Barry. So this guy's a good friend, and he says, I'm not going to let you die on me. So I did a lot of research on that and discovered that people with uh, transplants like that you know, don't really have a high quality of life. And I'm, I'm a fun guy. I've always had a, a vibrant life and, you know, downhill ski and I drive fast boats and fast motorcycles and fast cars and, you know, jump out of planes and race snowmobiles. I did all that stuff. And I just made a decision. I talked to my children. I said, you know, I can't live my life that way. This is the way I would live. So I made a conscious decision to transition. That's what I'd say because it wasn't dying for me. It was God has just said that my days on earth are limited, and therefore I'm going to, to plan to stay connected. And when he decides my day is up, it'll be up. And I was totally okay with it. I was not freaked out. I didn't go through anger. I didn't go through any of those phases that people often say they go through when they're told that they might die. I had one fear, and it was the fear of going to tell my mom and dad that I would probably not survive them. Once I got over that, I was like... You know, ready to go. Planned my funeral, did all that. I retired from practice on the 14th of April in 2004. I had found two chiropractors to come over and take my practice, a husband and wife team, who still have the practice, are still doing well, and still leave space for me 10 years later. And I went home to get myself really ready to die because by then I had become somewhat of a heretic in my belief system because the only thing I could do that would allow me to see my patients and adjust through the day was to use Ventolin like every half hour while I was in the office. And that was horrible. I felt horrible, but I could breathe. And I just focused and I kept adjusting. I just didn't want to give up that baby, you know, my beautiful practice and the beautiful people that I got, that I was blessed to serve for so many years. And so on the 14th of, on the 15th of May, actually, 31 days later, I woke up early in the morning and my brain was going crazy. I bet BJ would call that thought flashes. And I had thought flash after thought flash. And the first thought flash was like, beep, 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 Jill, you're an idiot. You know, you've been preaching this chiropractic paradigm for 25 years. There's got to be something seriously wrong with your spine and nervous system. But then the next thought was, yeah, but you've been a regular patient for 12 years. And then the next thought was, yeah, but you know, you never go to the same chiropractor. Like nobody in your, in your town even has a chart on you. It's whoever you're having lunch with or whoever you're socializing with this weekend or the following week. That's who checks your spine. That's who adjusts you. Nobody knows the condition of your spine and, you know, the long-term shift that may be happening in your spine. And then the next question in my brain was, you know, when's the last time you had a spinal x-ray? Well, I don't know, like 15, 20 years. When's the last time you had a spinal oh, Probably 15 years. Hmm. And that went on for a few minutes. And I obviously didn't time it. It felt like thousands of thoughts. And when it stopped, I was like, Oh my gosh. I reached over. I called my former office, talked to Janet, my assistant of 17 years, made an appointment, went in as a new patient. Mm -hmm. I was referred to my patients as patients until they buy into lifetime care. Then they become practice members. So I went in as a patient, had a, asked for a full consult, full exam, x-rays, uh, substation scan, the works. And I'll tell you what, my spine looked great except from C7 to T4. What a concept. Mm -hmm. uh, the area that supplies my heart and lungs was in serious jeopardy, and I didn't even know wow. until it was done. I started daily care, and by the end of August, my pulmonary pressure had dropped to 27 from 57, was pretty darn good in like 90-plus days, 
Um, I went on to, I was feeling great. Within a year, I was back to running. Within about four years, I had a full physical just out of curiosity. My heart had been fully restored back to its normal size because three of us on this line obviously know that the body has a capacity to adapt and accommodate. When the pressure in my lungs was so strong that the heart had to work harder, it expanded in size. When the pressure got balanced because of normal neurological function, then the heart says, I don't have to work that hard anymore. So it went back down to its normal size. So about four years ago, when I had all that testing done, we discovered even on a stress test that I rated in the top 95th percentile for males over 35. And when I had that done, I was 55. Wow. Nice. Right? But a few years before that, I was dying. That's what got me out of practice. And, you know, a year into the process of getting well, then I thought, you know, just time for me to go back into practice. I got to find a new place because I sold my practice. Obviously, I can't work in the town. I can't have a practice in the town where I, I used to practice. That would be unethical for me to do that. So I started wondering where I was going to go practice. And I thought about that all week. And hey, when can I, I interrupt your story for a sec? Yes. And I'm going to give an elite a shameless plug because... CBPers, spinal correction, chiropractors, stop talking about back pain. Stop yes. talking about back pain. Focus on organs. And if you don't know how to focus on organs, then go to an elite boot camp because there's people like Gilles out there that are dying because you were dying at that time. And oh, because yeah. you're talking about back pain, you wouldn't. If you weren't a chiropractor, you might have never made it into chiropractic. I would have. I agree with you. I would have never made it. How would I have known? I mean, that's I swear, That's why I say. I mean, I had the knowledge, and then I had those thought flashes that popped into my brain. It was like an automatic, right? Right. It was right. crazy. So I thought of going back into practice. Somewhat ashamed to tell you, but I'm honest. The thoughts were were, yeah, I'm just going to go back into practice. I'll set up a practice. After all, you know, it's easy money. Mm -hmm. I had never been to work for money in my freaking life. Twenty five years in practice. And there I was, a year out of practice, three kids in college, spent you know probably two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars that year. And I mean, I you know I was well off, and you know I was financially independent. But I thought, you know, if I'm going to die and I've got a few million bucks in the bank, no big deal. The kids will get it. But if at fifty-five, or rather at the time I was uh, forty-five, if at forty-five, I can't even count anymore. Anyway, um, I was fifty by that time, I guess. How many years can I live on what I've got if I spent two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars a year? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I'm gonna run out of money before I run out of days if I'm gonna live to to a hundred. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I was gonna go back into practice, and my thought was because it's easy money. And on the Saturday of that week, I was in my garage, cleaning out the garage, putting something on the loft, and I went and put my foot on the top step of the ladder that says do not step. As I was pushing a mattress onto the loft, my body went horizontal as the ladder twirled. I landed on the ladder. I broke six ribs, ended up in the hospital, medically induced coma for 12 days. Uh, three of the fractures were just lateral of the costal transverse joint, 1.4 centimeter separation. That's about three quarters of an inch. I was in serious trouble. It took me about a year to heal from that. But I can tell you that when I got out of that medically induced coma, I was like, 
okay, I'm ready to listen. I'm obviously yeah. not supposed to go back into practice. And after I got well, that's when I, I got a call to go uh, help resurrect Parker Seminars and save it because they were looking at closing down that division. And I knew nothing about running a seminar, but I knew that I was a pretty diligent guy. And, and I went there really, I volunteered to help for three months. And after three months, had a somewhat of a change in the financial issues with the seminar division, decided I would stay for a full year after that. I loved it so much that I stayed for almost seven years. Nice. Wow. So it was actually six years, but yeah, so I had a really, really good time. I left there in July of 2012, and I spent uh, a lot of that summer and fall helping Jeff Hayes with the movie Doctored. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Reekman reached out to me in May of 2013, and I said, well, what's the position that you want to offer? He said, I don't have a position. I just want you on my team. So we right. sat together. We didn't know each other. We knew of each other, but I'd never broken bread with him. I, you know, other than saying, hi, guy, how are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to see you, et cetera. I really didn't have any major conversations with him. But I'll tell you what really drew me to him was his purpose and his passion and his vision for our profession, which is huge. You know, not everybody knows. He doesn't share it with that many people, but it's huge. And then when I read the value proposition for the institution and the vision, I was like, oh, my gosh. And every time I look at the vision, I tell myself, if any chiropractor took these words and put it into their purpose statement, they would thrive. And I actually want to, I want to recite it for you because I don't know if you've ever read it or if you've ever had anybody recite it to you, but I hold it dear because it just speaks so much to my heart. And it's our goal is to maximize the expression of the perfection within. We recognize that all organic systems in the universe are conscious, self-developing, self-maintaining, and self-healing. We believe that these systems work best when they are free of interference. We understand that the nervous system is primarily responsible for orchestrating the internal and external dialogue of the body necessary for life. And therefore, we acknowledge that there are three interferences to the nervous system, physical trauma, environmental toxins, and emotional stress. And therefore, our purpose is to correct these interferences, allowing the organism to express its innate potential. Think about that. Is that not a beautiful purpose statement for every chiropractor on the freaking planet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. That's the vision of Life University. And so I've taken it and I've shared it with people. I said, now take it and write it out and use these words for your purpose statement. And you'll see how powerful your life shifts because what I've discovered in speaking with chiropractors really around the world, and even at an event that I was at on the weekend, I spoke at an event that was about 100 chiropractors, great event, well put together, great group of docs. And I asked the question, you know, how many of you have a written purpose statement? And there was like five. And I said, out of the five hands that are up, how many? And I said, I won't embarrass you, but out of the five hands that are up, how many of you, if I did ask you, could come up here and recite your purpose statement verbatim? All the hands went down. Then I said, how many of you have read your purpose statement in the last year? Same five hands went up. How many of you have read it the last four weeks, last month? 
Two hands stayed up. I said, how many of you read it in the last week? All hands went down. Yep. Which told me that none of them were focused on why they do what they do. And so people are focused on their what and they focus on how they do it. But they, they don't hold the why to their heart. And therefore, their community, starting with their team members and then their patients, practice members, and people on the outside have no idea why they do what they do. Yep. Fred, does that sound a wee bit familiar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, That's... yeah, I remember that was one of the first things that you guys uh, uh, put our uh, team through back many years ago. Right, that was the Yep. Getting a mission statement. Yep. There are words by Patanjali, who was an ancient philosopher. I can't tell you when he lived or when he was on earth. But there are words from him that Wayne Dyer put in one of his books, I think in Inspiration. But that's something else I've committed to myself because it's such a powerful thing. And, and I'll paraphrase what he said, but he said something like, um, why is having a powerful purpose for your life so crucial to living an extraordinary life? And he said, because purpose inspires you. And when you're inspired by some great purpose... Your thoughts transcend their bonds. Mm -hmm. Your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every direction. And you find yourself in this new, great, and wonderful world where dormant forces, faculties, and talents come alive. And you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamt possible. And the way I interpret that, when you think your mind transcends limitations, all these negative thoughts that docs have that hold them back, if they were on purpose, they had a really clear purpose statement, those thoughts would transcend limitations. They wouldn't see limitations. I didn't see limitations. I never saw that there was a limit to how many people I could serve and how much these people would experience the benefits of chiropractic and get well. I never saw the limitation. I saw all possibility. And then he says, your consciousness expands in every direction. I interpret that to mean you're going to get thoughts that are going to serve you that are gonna come from all over the place. Amazing ideas, better ways to communicate, better ways to build strong relationships. And then you'll find yourself in this new, great, wonderful world. So there's gonna be comfort. There's gonna be ease. There's gonna be simplicity. You're gonna discover passion. You're gonna feel unconditional love. And then these dormant forces, faculties, and talents come alive. Talents that you didn't even know you had. I didn't know I was a good communicator. I was shy as a kid. I was 12 years old in ninth grade in an all-boys Catholic school. I got picked on a lot. I was a little kid. I hadn't reached puberty. So I got crushed by words and physically, and I got pushed around. I didn't know I had talents. I didn't know that I could spread this chiropractic message. But I'll tell you what, when my mentor helped me develop my purpose, it was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. And it was Richard Yenny who, like I mentioned, a few passed away a few months ago. But Richard, at one point in Dr. Jim's suite, said to me, because I was already starting to be you know, very successful in practice right out of the gate, he said, Jill, you need to share with people how you're doing that. I was like, no way, dude. I am not doing that. I can do that. I can talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, but more than one-on-one, -on -one, no way. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I want you on stage with me tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. I want you in the front row. No, I will never do that. And then he looked at me. And these words spoken to me by Richard in 1979, he said, what gives you the right to know a truth and not share it? And he took his index and he pounded it into my chest 
And of course, you know, I'm a young guy, 24 years old. I was frozen in time and I didn't answer him. And he stuck his finger in my chest again and he said, tell me what gives you the right to know truth and not share it. And finally, I said nothing. He said, you're right. I'll see you tomorrow morning in the front row at nine o'clock and I will call you up on stage. I was like, oh shit, now what? So I trusted him because he said, have no worry. I will not embarrass you. If you're nervous when you come up, just look at me. Don't look at the audience. We'll have a conversation. And some 30 years later, Richard was doing a course at Parker on a weekend. I saw he was going to be there on the Friday before I left the institution. I came back on Saturday, went to say hi, give him a hug, have a conversation. And he was just coming out of a break, going to start his lecturing again. He said, hey, why don't you stay for a few minutes and tell them, tell them the story? I said, what story? And he took his finger and he stuck it into my chest. I was like, oh, my gosh, Richard, that was like more than 30 years ago. How can you remember that? He said, oh, that was a turning moment in your life, and I've watched you grow since then. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how powerful that is, that we know truth. There's not a chiropractor that would answer no to the question, does chiropractic save lives? They, every chiropractor, when you ask them, says yes. And then my next question often to, often to an audience is, so are there lives waiting to be saved in your community? And, of course, they say a resounding yes. Then my third question in my opening is, if they knew what you know, they'd want to have what you have, wouldn't they? And they all say yes. And then my fourth question is, so what's the problem? Are you telling them? Yeah. Yeah, so what's the problem? Like, why aren't they there? Why aren't the lives that you think should be saved being saved in your practice? Well, the majority is what? They're not willing to tell the story. Why? They're afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of rejection. And I was like, really? And I've asked those questions like around the world, Australia, Copenhagen, England, Scotland, everywhere in America, everywhere in Canada. I get the same darn answers. And I made up what I called my 4SW formula. Whether or not every, anybody's ever used it before, I don't know. I think it came into my own mind. But if somebody else invented it before me, we'll give them credit. But I wouldn't know who it is. And my 4SW formula goes like this, and, it, and it's for anything. Some will, some won't. So what? Somebody's waiting. Some will listen to you when you teach the chiropractic big idea. Some won't listen to you. So what? Yep. There's somebody waiting, and that's the life that needs to be saved in that moment. Have no fear. Live from a purposeful place in your heart. Learn your skills. Be technically sound. Be an awesome adjuster. Be great at figuring out the, and how to analyze subluxation and how to correct a subluxation. Can be connected to an eight. Have this dear, great intention to serve from a loving space and contribute to saving lives. It's not that difficult, is it? It's actually pretty simple. Yep. It, it is. You got to feel it's it. Oh, thank you so much. What's that? I was going to say, part of my role at Life University is to, to share that passion. And, you know, I've been given an opportunity lately to do that. And on May the 2nd, uh, we launched Philosophy Night. Mm -hmm. It's going to be held in our outdoor auditorium. And we've got three great speakers coming in. Austin Cohn, a young doc mm -hmm. who practices in Buckhead, you know, yep. that's downtown. Tima mm -hmm. uh, Romani from Vancouver, DrNima.com, who's got great videos. If you haven't watched or anybody listening to the podcast, has not watched Dr. Nima, go to YouTube and, mm -hmm. and listen to Dr. Nima. 
And, you know, Dr. Eric Plasker will be the closing speaker. And we're, like I said, in the outdoor auditorium, we probably have four or 500 people show up. Doctors are invited to come. Patients invited to come. Everybody's invited to come. Because I'll tell you what, everybody needs to get spizzed up every once in a while. Because when you speak from that space of passion and people get it, you will thrive in practice. Right. It requires that you speak from that, that place of passion. And, of course, we've launched, I think you both know that we've also launched a seminar brand with Life University called Life Vision. Mm-hmm. Our next event is here in Atlanta, July 25th and 26th. Um, LifeVisionSeminar.com. Check that out. A great lineup of speakers, you know, from, from Billy DeMoss to David Jackson, Brandy McDonald, all sorts of awesome, awesome speakers for that weekend. And we're rocking it. I mean, Life University is, you know, the largest chiropractic institution in the world. We're at about 3,000 students now. About 1,800 plus of those students are chiropractic students. Uh, our goal is to bring our chiropractic numbers to 2,000 and stabilize it there and to continue to grow our undergrad program. So, um, you know, we're looking at opportunities, obviously, here in Marietta, Georgia, but all over the world. And I'll tell you what, we're having a really, really good time serving. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and I have to tell everybody, too, if, you ha- if it's been a while since you've been back to school, if you're alumni from life or if you've never been back to life, you guys have to get back there. Like, it was amazing coming back to the school that I graduated, to, you know, from in 1999 and being able to see the changes and transformations that have occurred at that school are amazing. Phenomenal, aren't they? Yeah, no, it's incredible. I mean, just remembering, you know, and what's kind of funny is that students have, you know, the same gripes. Oh, there's no parking. (laughs) You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys have no idea what we had. And we had no idea what, you know, when the school founded it. it was like, I remember my peers telling me, well, at least you guys have a place to eat. We didn't have that back in, you know, in the early 80s, you know, and it was it was kind of funny. And I was blown away, though. I mean, the school when I we were just there, obviously, for one of the CBP seminars. And it's absolutely amazing that the things that the school, the students have there at their at access to their fingertips is amazing. And what you guys have done. We're just we're just getting started. Uh, I can't share the strategic plan to to, to 2020. But what you will see happening at that school between now and 2020, what's happened before is pale in comparison to the plans that we have. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I, I've seen it just transform. It's been amazing. Phenomenal. Nice. Well, any final thoughts, you guys? Anything you want to add? Final thoughts, Jill? I mean, you pretty much. Uh... Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. I've been up since 3.30 this morning. And I have had, like, an awesome day. What a great way to end a perfect day and to end it with Fred and Joe. Awesome. Chiropractic. I remember the first time I hosted a philosophy night at the other institution I was at. My first two speakers I invited were Troy Dukowitz and Billy DeMoss. (laughs) And after the event, we stayed out with students till about midnight, came back to my house, sat on the deck till 4.15 in the morning, even though Troy had a 7 a.m. flight. And all we did was taught chiropractic philosophy and green books, and we were just like on fire. Like you could not have put us to sleep. Yeah, that's sort yeah. of how I feel tonight. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a, it's been an honor to share this hour with you and to share it with your the members of your podcast community. Yeah, that's great, Joe. Now, if someone needs to get or wants to get in touch with you, what's the what's the best way? Is it Facebook or a, a special right. email? I'm on Facebook, but my my life email. You know, when you want something that's any 
that's related, let's say, to anything that's happening at life, it's a lot easier if I need to send you a document or send you a PowerPoint presentation or whatever. It's just gilles.lamarche at life.edu. So that's G-I-L-L-E-S period L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E at life.edu. And failing that, you can always go on, you know, you can always reach me on Facebook and then, you know, if you private message me, especially private messaging is obviously best because mm -hmm. you're guaranteed I'm actually going to read it. <laughs> and then if I need to send you something, I'll just ask for your email and we'll connect. But awesome. um, or, or call Life University. I mean, I, I'm a servant. I love to help. I love to serve people. I, I believe that chiropractic is about ready to explode. And I often say, I have a dream. I have a dream that within this decade, chiropractors will be recognized as the go-to go health experts around the world. And I honestly believe that's possible if our doctors all step up. If every doctor on the planet develops, writes, studies, and memorizes and lives a true heart-to-heart -heart connection purpose statement, that's where it starts. If you don't have a purpose statement, you have no foundation to do anything else that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So have no doubt, if you don't have one, sit down, talk with your team, say, why? Why are we doing what we're doing? It's not what are you doing or how are you doing. I don't care. I don't care what technique you practice. If you, but be good at it. Be, like, exceptional at it. Mm -hmm. Train. If you're a CBPer, train. Be the best CBPer in your community and on the planet. And if you're doing HIO, do that. Whatever it is you're doing, I never question the technique that people want to use, but be the best at it that you can be. More importantly, find out why. Yep. Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you put your pants on? And why do you drive to your office or walk to your office or, or cycle to your office, whatever way you get there? Why are you going there? And if it's not clear, then pray, meditate, do whatever, read some green books, connect to universal intelligence and allow innate to guide you to develop your purpose statement. And certainly the one that I recited for you that is, you know, Life University's vision, if you like, wow, those are powerful words to create a purpose statement. Nice. So that's my encouragement. Hey, well, thanks for sharing all your power, inspiration and, and vision, Jill. It's been uh, an honor to have you. I know that all the listeners out here will absolutely love this. You probably need to listen to this more than once, probably a handful of times, because those words will resonate on a spiritual level, probably about the 12th time you listen to them. So thanks for sharing that wisdom. And uh, thank, for being, thank you for uh, being a, a life changer in our profession. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Thank you very much, Joe. It was a pleasure to be with you this evening. Wonderful, guys. All right, I guess we'll see you guys all next time then. Sounds awesome. Take right, care, guys. you guys. Everybody, awesome. good night. Look bye -bye. forward to connecting again. God bless, guys. Bye-bye. God bless you. Thank you.